0: There, that's better. I got to get with the program. All right, welcome to Washir Community Church. Thank you all for coming here. Um, I'm supposed to introduce myself now, so for those of you who don't know, I'm I'm Josiah Grothy. And uh, an extra welcome to those of you who are coming for the first time or have only come a few times in the past. Um, The mission and purpose of Washir Community Church is... uh, a gathered group of Christians who exist to give creative and meaningful worship to God and to discover and develop disciples of Jesus Christ. And we strive to love God and love others fervently. So as a reminder, which the video did as well, Operation Christmas Child coming up very soon. So, shoeboxes will be available if you want to be a part of that. Uh, we also got a little note here that I was asked to read from Ash San Filippo, um, who is one of the missions we support. Uh, WCC missions team, I want to take a minute to thank you all for your prayers, love, and support over the years. WCC is a huge blessing to us. God bless Ash. And then our WCC church family has the privilege of nominating Christ-like men to serve as elders and deacons. Please submit your nomination forms by next Sunday, October 2nd. So if you have someone that you think would be a good fit for the role of deacon or elder, um, you may submit their name uh, for that process. These doors on the ends are now emergency exit only. So if you go out them, it'll be loud. So don't do that, especially during the service. And then TLC Ministries is in need of more donations for the bags uh, to help as many elderly folks as possible. Uh, They're assembling those bags on October 15th. And then we have a final ministry minute from Chris Bosveld.
1: Good morning. <clears throat> um, so appropriate that the shoebox thing would be up there because when I was in Africa in 2011, I got to hand out shoeboxes and it was so much fun because I had been filling them for years. And so um, so that's a little plug for the shoebox, I guess. And then what I want to tell you about is um, when I was in Liberia, we helped uh, Dennis and Venia do many things, but we did help in their schools. And when we came back from, uh, Liberia that summer the VBS here and WCC sponsored 100 children to have their education in Liberia so that was really awesome so the program has continued for the 11 years we are now up to about 200 students we have two schools Uh, we have Peterstown and Jungle Farm and um, equip uh, their main purpose is to equip children to be God's children in their homes, their community, their country, and the world. So they not only get their education, but a Christian education. So if you're interested in sponsoring a student, that would be amazing. I almost said awesome. (laughs) That would be amazing. And um, so we um, would uh, appreciate that. The parents in Liberia, I also think would want to thank you as well for your help in supporting uh, children there. So you can see me in the foyer or call me. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Chris. And then finally, as always, just a reminder, there'll be a short time of prayer over there in the corner of front right corner of the sanctuary. All right, if the ushers would come up, then we'll bow our heads. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. The beautiful rain we had this weekend and the changing of the seasons. Um, Thank you that you've given us all that variety. And Lord, just thank you for the many uh, wonderful things happening in our church. May we um, have a great day of worship for you, that our hearts uh, will be turned fully to you. And bless this offering. May we use it wisely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: It is good to be with you this morning. And this is 1 Peter chapter 3 is where we are at. Let me get my clicker. we um uh, just a couple of announcements great men's breakfast last uh yesterday thank you Gary and the kitchen crew we had about 45 to 50 guys that met we're looking at the last Saturday in October for the next one so kind of put that on your calendar um if you didn't get an outline um, just raise your hand a bullet to, or uh, an, an usher would bring one to you that's just what's on the slides also uh Probably you got one of these when you walked in. It's a yellow sheet that is uh, frequently asked questions about the proposed uh, change in January, which would be voted on in November. But just some frequently asked questions about that, and the elders have put together a, a fact sheet on that. And so we are looking at 1 Peter chapter 3, uh, verses 8 through 12. It's like a mini-series within this book where Peter says, let's talk about being subject to. And so this is part five of five parts of it. So let me walk down through them quickly here. We talk about an Oreo. We talk about the chocolate wafer, the filling inside, and then the chocolate wafer on the bottom. And so that's kind of what he's done here. The chocolate wafer on the top, it says, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. And that wafer, when he's talking about that specific situation, he's talking to all of us, everybody in the room, everybody in the room. And again, every, every one of these situations, he brings up the reason that we are doing this action, the way that we are responding is always because of our relationship with the Lord for the Lord's sake. Then he gets to the filling of the Oreo, which he looks at three specific groups. In part two, he turned to the servants and he said, be subject to your masters with all respect or with all fear. We only fear God. So you could read that servants in your fear of God, be subject to your masters. Part three, which we covered last week was likewise wise, be subject to your own husband's That they may see, they may see your respectful and pure conduct. Again, respectful, fearful. Who do we fear? We fear only God. And our pure conduct, another word for holy, that we are to, as who is holy. He is holy. So again, that focus on God. And then we ended with part four last week when we turned to the husbands. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way and knowing way. And it ends with, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Where Who are you praying to? Well, you're praying to God the Father. Again, that connection with the relationship with God is why we are acting and conducting ourselves the way we are. So now we're in Part five, part five, chapter three, verse eight, he will say, finally, all of you, all of you. So he's back to everybody. That's that bottom wafer of the Oriole. And he ends this with, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Again, those who are righteous are those who have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, the reason that we are going to do what we are going to be instructed to do today from the scriptures is because of our relationship with God. Okay, this is the opposite. <clears throat> this is the opposite of what I'm going to preach on this morning. But I th- you've probably seen this before toddler rules. So you can help me with this, okay? If I like it, ready? Uh, if it's in my hand, if, if I can't take it, if I can take it from you, if I had it a little while ago, Right. If it's mine, it must never be yours. If I'm building something, all the pieces are. Boy, you're not saying this like a toddler would though. You're not. Yeah. If it looks just like mine. There we go. We got a little more fire in there. If I saw it first, it's mine. If you're if you are playing with something and put it down, it becomes My. And if it's broken, it's yours. Yeah. Okay. Just a little humor there to get us going. But we are doing just the opposite this morning. Okay. Just the opposite. Peter has been digging into this command. He gave four commands to these first century Gentile Christians who are being heavily persecuted. And he gave these four commands. And the last command was to love one another earnestly or love one another fervently And so throughout this book here, he's been saying, how do we do that? How do we do that? We have come across some mandates also. He's given us some mandates as followers of Jesus Christ. The first one was, we are to proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's the first mandate. The second mandate is that we are to follow in his footsteps, And and we talked about how that's tough at times. It's a stretch at times to walk in the footprints of Jesus. And we will get another one today in chapter three, verse nine. And Peter is going to end this Oreo because he's on the bottom way for now. And he's going to give us another one. So let's go to the scripture. Let me read the scripture first to you. Chapter three, verses eight through 12. Here's the reading of God's word. It says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless, though, for this is what you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. those who do evil. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you always. We always thank you for your words that we are able to read this day and to apply to our lives. We thank you for the word of God made flesh. We thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord sent here, died, buried, rose again, ascended into heaven and coming again. And we thank you for The Word of God being illuminated, that the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit that helps us to understand what you have given to us. We ask this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. So we are just going to go back down through this very simply. He starts off by saying, finally, all of you, all of you. So he's directing it back to everyone in the room. And this is the bottom wafer of that Oreo. And he stacks another wafer right on top of it. If you saw that, he gives us a list of five things. He says, finally, all of you have... And then he gives five things, unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart, tender heart, and then a humble mind. And you'll notice there that we have unity of mind as the top wafer, and we have humble mind as the bottom wafer, and then there's the filling in between. When he says have unity of mind, he means have the same mindset or have the same attitude toward one another. He, some versions will say it's harmonious. Be harmonious with one another. Does that mean that we believe the exact same things on everything? No, that does not mean that. There are certain things in the Bible that as a Christian we all do agree on, and the Bible tells us we need to agree on these things. But but this is talking about this mindset that you have toward others, this harmonious mindset, this attitude that you have toward others. Well, what is this attitude? Well, that's why he's, he's got the list. In the filling, he says, first off, sympathy, that we have feelings with each other. This is describing this mindset that we have toward one another, feelings with each other. You'll probably be recognized this verse. Sometimes we quote it. Romans twelve fifteen says, rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn so this is part of how we are harmonious with one another is that we have feelings with each other the second one he gives us there's brotherly love that word for brotherly love means we have a family affection for one another our attitude toward one another is that we truly are a family we are brothers and sisters in christ and this is a this is a theme through first peter so i'll just walk us through here 1 Peter 1, chapter 1, verse 22, when he says, Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth, for, meaning a purpose, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Then if we go to chapter 2, verse 17, verse 17 says, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. If we go a little bit ahead in chapter 4 and verse 8, he says, above all. So this is above everything. This is on the top bill. Keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sin. And then when he finishes the book in chapter 5, verse 14, the very last verse, he says, greet one another with the kiss of love. Peace to you all. Who is in Christ Jesus? So here's another thing about our relationship with one another: how we are in harmony with one another. We have feelings with one another, but we also have this brotherly affection, this family affection with one another. Then the third part of that feeling is a tender heart. We have feelings for others. We're not just feeling with them when they go through something, we actually feel for them. And the word that's used there actually means your bowels. I mean, and that's usually what they would talk about when it was coming from your, you know, we use the phrase, it's coming from my gut, you know, meaning this is this is deep down within me that this is coming out. He's saying that we are to have this kind of affection for others in the body of Christ, the same mindset that we actually at times feel for our brothers and sisters in Christ. If you were in vacation Bible school at any time, you probably learned this verse, Ephesians 4, 32, when it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, that compassionate, that compassion with action that comes from deep within you that moves you for that person, love one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. So there's the filling of it, what it looks like. And then he ends with a humble mind. This is how we are to be with one another. We are to have a humble mind. The, The easiest way to say that this is the opposite of pride it's the opposite of pride when we are when we look at our brothers and sisters in Christ humility should be the main thing that rises to the top in our attitude toward one another philippians you know you just have to look at your lord and savior jesus christ philippians chapter 2 starting at verse 3 paul says do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit but in humility Humility, consider others better than yourselves. Now that flies in the face of our culture today, okay? Consider others better than yourselves. We're doing this all the time, aren't we? We're doing this all the time. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same of that of Christ Jesus. This is how you walk in his steps, who being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grass, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. So if our Lord and Savior took the nature of a servant, what do you think we should do? Same thing, going on, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he, guess what, humbled himself to become obedient to death, even death on a cross. Um, so there's how we are to be harmonious in the same mind, the same attitude that we have toward one another. This is our conduct with believers. Verse eight is all about believers. Why do I say that? Because all through the scripture, all through first Peter here, when he talks about love, he talks about love being connected to the brothers the brothers. And there it is right in the middle of that brotherly love. So this is our conduct with other believers. And I put down there, do you see Jesus in the above? I mean, do you see Jesus coming to be with us? Do you see Jesus coming for us? Do you see Jesus coming because he has a great love, a family affection for us? Do you see, do you see Jesus coming because He humbled himself, even humbling himself to a cross so that we might have peace or harmony with God. Yeah, big point here. To love one another earnestly from a pure heart, humility will need to dominate the inward actions of our mind. Humility. There will need to to be, because he says, have this, an inward change to perform outward actions. There will need to be an inward change in our lives to perform these kind of outward actions. And I take us back to first Peter chapter one, verse 13, when he says, therefore, preparing your minds, that's inward. And then he says for action, that's outward and being sober minded inward, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Big application here. Does this describe your mind toward others? Does this describe your attitude toward others in the body of Christ? Do these things describe you? If not, then you need to pray. You need to get on your knees and pray and ask God for forgiveness. You need to go before him and say, Lord, what's what's wrong with me? I I need to repent. And Lord, open my eyes that I would have this kind of attitude, this kind of harmony with my brothers and sisters in Christ. That's the action that needs to take place. Now he goes to verse 9, and what he does is he changes gears here. He says, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. He has said this before in chapter 2, verses 21 and 22, or 22 and 23, when he was talking to the servants when he he's talking about Jesus, he says, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. So he said this before when he's been referring back to Jesus, saying, this is how Jesus responded. We are to respond the same way. So do not do not repay evil for evil, reviling for reviling, but bless for this where you were called. He also said that statement in verse 21 of chapter two, when he says, for for to this you have been called, because Christ Jesus also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. So here we get another mandate. Our first mandate is to proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The second one is we are to follow in his steps, in his steps. And now we've got a third mandate. And this third mandate is that we are to bless others. We are to bless others. We are to respond to others differently than they respond to us. If they respond in evil, we bless them. If they responded with reviling, we bless them. That's the mandate that's the mandate, that we may obtain a blessing, that we may obtain, that we might receive, that we might inherit a praise that's here. So we have been called, we have been called to live this way. That's what you have been called to, to live this way. And this is our conduct with unbelievers. Verse eight was believers. Verse nine is unbelievers. Why is it unbelievers? Well, assuming it would be unbelievers that would be producing evil that's coming at you or reviling that's coming at you. So here's the big question. Have we been settling for something other than a blessing from God? And this is the part of the service or the sermon uh, as I was going through it personally that really hit me. Adam, 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 have you been settling for something other than a blessing from God? Have you, have you had situations where you have responded not God's way, but your own way? Have you, have you done that, Adam? Have you been more concerned about what you want rather than what God wants? And therefore, I take actions into my own hands? Has your conduct yielded something other than a blessing from God? As I've went my own way, settling it my own way, has my conduct re-yielded in something different than a blessing from God? Most likely, yes. Most likely, yes. Has our focus been, and I give you the two biggies right here, on being right? Has my focus been on being right? Now, I've told you over and over again, in our world today, you're going to have to raise your hand. As a follower of Jesus Christ, as someone who follows God's word, there's, we're coming to a time in our world, in our society, where our society is veering so far from God's word that you're at times going to have to raise your hand and say, uh, I cannot do that because that goes against the word of God and I follow the word of God. Peter's whole point in this book is how is your conduct when you have to raise your hand? Make sure that your conduct, when you have to raise your hand to say, this is what God says, that your conduct matches the God that you're talking about, the way that he wants you to respond. So don't. I want you to hear that, that there are times we have to raise our hand and we have to say, this is what God has said. But sometimes I think we have raised our hands, but we haven't said it the right way. Or we have been more concerned about, I need them to know I'm right and you are what? Wrong. (laughs) And sometimes that's the focal point of me getting this point across. Or the other one, at worst, is actually revenge, where I really do want to get revenge in this scenario, in this situation. You know, the, the law that they made, you know, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. You know why they made that? Eye for an eye for tooth for a tooth? Because we're human. Because if you poke out my eye, how many eyes do I want to poke out of you? Do I want to just poke out one eye of you? No. If you knock out one of my teeth, how many teeth do I want to knock out of you? Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Denture time. Right? And so justice is, and that's why they had to put that in there. No, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a two because that's that's we go the route of revenge and we want to get them back more than we have if we've been hurt we want to hurt them more that's our default in this so has your focus been on being right or worse revenge rather than wait a minute i want a blessing from god i want a blessing from god and god says for me to obtain a blessing that comes from him What do I need to do even in that situation? I need to bless. I need to speak well of another. Verse 10 and 11. Now this should be no surprise here when he says the word for, because Peter's just given you a really hard instruction to follow in in our world, in his world. I mean, he's telling it to first century Christians who are being heavily persecuted, you know, taken to the stake, um, thrown to the lions, uh, all that kind of stuff. He's telling bless them, bless them. So this is a hard thing to do. Hard thing to, no surprise when he says four, he always takes them back to the scriptures. He always says, okay, this is why I'm telling you this because in God's word, so he takes them back to Psalm 34, 12 through 16 is where this cross reference is. He's in Psalm 34, it says, whoever desires to love life and see good days. How many? You want to love life and see good days? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a blessing, doesn't it? To obtain a blessing, love life and see good days. Let him keep his tongue from evil. Let him keep his tongue from evil. We saw this in chapter two, verse one, when he said, uh, uh, turn away from. And one of the things in that list was slander. And then the psalmist says, and his lips from speaking deceit. And we saw that in chapter two, verse one. That was another thing in that list about deceit. And let him turn away from evil. And in chapter two, verse 11, he said, abstain from the passions of the flesh. So I put negative signs up there if you were actually doing those things in a negative way. Those are negatives. But then he turns it to the positive and he says, and do good. And do good. And as we have pointed out, this is a major theme in Peter, 1 Peter. He is telling us over and over and over again, those who are saved, you are not saved this way, but those who are saved are to do good. The, the most recent one is chapter 3, verse nine or 6, when it says, Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are our children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening, anything that is frightening. He goes on to say, let him seek peace. That word for seek means seek in order to find and then pursue it. So he kind of puts these two things right on top of one another. Pursue means to run swiftly in order to catch it. So does that sound like you're just sitting in your chair waiting for it to happen? No, that's not what he says. No, this kind of peace, this kind of tranquility, this kind of reaching out with God's love toward others is to be active. You are actually looking for it. You know, the That They've counted to a hundred, or you've counted to a hundred, ready, set, go, here I come. And you seek all through the house, trying to find those people that are hidden kind of thing. And you're on an all out hunt for it. And you're pursuing it. You're running swiftly to do that. That's what he's talking about here when we talk about our relationship with how we are to bless others. Big point here. Again, the inward affects the outward. Those three negatives up there are inward. They're here. They Hopefully you keep them here. But the three bottom ones are outward. Doing good, seeking peace, and pursuing. Our outward actions of doing good and seeking and pursuing peace are made possible because our inward resolves to not speak evil and resist temptation. Another way you can look at these two verses. Peter is saying we, we are to have godly conversation and we are to have godly conduct. The first three are all about our conversation. The second three are all about our conduct. And just for some Bible backing to that, especially in our conversation, I'm sure many of you have studied James, and he talks a lot about the tongue. James 1.26 says, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. I've also put down there Psalm one forty-one, and uh, this is a prayer, a great pray prayer to pray. Forty-one verse three says, "Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my of my lips of my lips." Then he goes to verse twelve. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. He's still quoting Psalm 34 here. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. This is the positive side of the statement. Um, who are the righteous? Well, the righteous have made right, been made righteous because it, there, you have been caused to be born again, and you have responded in obedience to the truth of the gospel, and you are following these mandates. Those who proclaim Him, who of the excellencies of Him called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, you have, you are. Uh, following in his steps, and you are blessing others. It says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. That's interesting because we just got done talking to the husbands in chapter 3, verse 7. And it says, You know, if you don't live a righteous life with your wife, what happens to your prayers? They are hindered. But this is different. He's saying, If you live a righteous life, his eyes and his ears are open to their prayer. But then he has to give the other side of the coin here but the face of the Lord is against. That's the negative side of it. It's upon. And notice it's the same face, okay? Because the eyes and the ears were just towards you in a very positive way. But now the face of the Lord is against. I put stink eye. He's giving you the stink eye. Those who do evil, again, the opposite of doing good. And what Peter is doing here, and we've talked about this before, he brings up two groups. Two groups. It brings up group number one and group number two. Group number one are those who believe and it is seen through their righteous actions. Actually, I wrote it a, a little better on their sheet. Those who believe and it is seen through their righteous actions. So there's an inward change caused by a rebirth of God resulting in holy outward actions. That's group number one. Group number two, those who do not believe as seen through their unholy action. So there's no inward change uh, caused by a rejection of God resulting in an unholy outward action. So what do we do with this? Well, I think what Peter wants us to do again is he's reminding us of what group, what group are you in? Are you in group number one or group number two? And if you're in group number one, you need to be reminded that you are in group number one so that you will respond like people in group number one. So I want to take you back to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. And this is going to be a little interactive here as I read through verses 20 through 25. Get your finger ready. You got your finger ready? We got your finger ready? Because at times you're going to point to yourself, and at times you're going to point to the cross. Got it? You want to practice? Point to yourself. Times you're going to point to the cross. There you go. Okay, here we go. Listen, every time it's talking about Jesus or God, we're going to be what? Pointing to the cross. Every time it's talking about us, who are we going to point to? Ourselves. Listen to these words. Now, the word he here, he's already speaking about Jesus. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world. Keep our on. Uh, On the cross, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but he made himself manifest in the last times for the sake of you, for the sake of you. Through him, we are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God, in God. Let me keep going having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. And remember, I'm, I'm pausing right there. Keep your finger on the cross. Uh, the truth is that Jesus came, that he died on the cross, rose again. That's the gospel. That's the truth. And you have, you have believed and repented and are following in obedience to him. Okay, your obedience to the truth. For a sincere brotherly love, that points back to you, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of, point to the cross, imperishable, imperishable, through the living and wor- living and abiding word of God. For, now you got to point back at yourself, all flesh is like grass. And all its glory like the flower of the grass. And the grass withers and the flower fails. But, you know where your finger is going, don't you? But the word of the Lord remains forever. Remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. It's was preached to you. It's kind of a little simple exercise there. But at times, as Christians, we need to be reminded of, who we are, what group we are in. And therefore, when we ha- receive instruction from the Lord on these mandates of how we are to be, we are going, this should be more obvious to us. It doesn't mean it's not hard, but it should be more obvious to us because we are followers of him. We are followers of him. So final takeaway here, and the worship team can come up if they want to. Final takeaway here. Do you desire to love life and see good days? Do you desire to love life and see good days? Peter is telling us that if you desire to love life and, and see good days, the, really, the real way to love life and see good days is to follow after Jesus Christ. Have you ever met somebody who hates life? Yeah. You meet that person. <laughs> say everything. Or have you ever met people who, who uh, just endure life? They endure every time you come up to them, oh, I made it here. Oh, it's just barely, but I made her. You know? Or have you ever met people who try to escape life? I mean, they're always trying to escape life. It's always the run to the next thing, the run to the next thing, or if I get you know, back, you know, kind of thing. But to be able to be people who love the life that God has given to you. And, and to see good things. It, it's only as we follow after Jesus. Only after we follow Jesus Christ. I want to remember us. To remind us that our goal as being in group one. Those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our goal. Is that there would be others. Who are in group two right now. Their eyes would be opened and they would see Jesus. So many times you can say Jesus' name, and you can preach the gospel, and you can tell the gospel, and, and, and maybe someone at that service will say, you know, I heard the gospel for the very first time. Well, it's most likely they didn't hear the gospel for the very first time. It's most likely that a supernatural event has just happened in your life. God has opened up your eyes. He's opened up your heart to realize, wait a minute, what The guy up there is talking about it's true. And there is a Jesus. And I realized this very moment that he loves me. And he died on a cross for me. And in that sense, it's a supernatural a miracle that's happening in your life right now. And and you can do, you can go from group two to group one. You say yes to Jesus. You say, you rise in obedience now to what you know and say, I'm going to walk in his footsteps. And what becomes more important to me now more than anything is not my way. Frank Sinatra did it my way. No, what's more important is God's way. And I'll center my life, the rest of my life, on my Lord Jesus Christ. And so even when people speak evil or revile, he says, bless them, give them something they didn't expect while you pro- continue to proclaim what is right. He never says, don't say what's right. He just says, let's, let's take conduct. And I would challenge you, even those who are, have been faithful in the church, us who have been around for a long time in the body of Christ kind of thing would really challenge us on the first half of this message to take a good look at our relationship with others that we call brothers and sisters. There might be some prayer time to say, Lord, change my heart. Change my heart so that I have that kind of love for my brothers and sisters, that I have feelings with them and I have feelings for them. And you're probably all wondering, like, okay, when he gets to chapter 5 and he has that last verse, 14, what's he going to talk about? The kiss of love. Yeah. I'll just leave that hanging. Just leave that hanging. Let's bow our heads. Would you stand with me and let's bow our heads in prayer, and then we'll sing our final song. So, Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you again. Uh, uh, Just realization how um, this Christian life that you have called us to, that we are to live, is not... Is not easy, it's hard. Um, But we are children of yours and we do want a blessing from you. It That blessing is worth so much more than anything else we could obtain any other way. And so Lord, may we grab a hold of that this day. Those who are turning their lives over to you, Lord, that They will realize that the, this is just the start and being a part of a fellowship and around brothers and sisters in Christ will start that discipleship process to understand what it means to follow after Jesus. And those of us who have been here for a long time, walking with you, Lord, I pray that you, we would examine our hearts, that we would be the type of people that you're describing here in First Peter. We ask this in your precious and holy name.
3: Amen. Am I now? All right. So you guys have gotten a lot of information this week from Adam last week when we went over the survey results. And now with these frequently asked questions about some of the changes we're making, I just want to say the church leadership, we're doing the best we can to be in line with God's will on this. But if these are just plans made by man, it's going to end in futility. But if it's bathed in prayer and empowered by the Holy spirit, it, it can't be stopped. It just can't. And uh, we will kind of see that new life arc that Adam talked about. So I just ask you guys to be in prayer for our church, be in prayer for leadership. We need it. We're just men. Um, I was in Ephesians 3 in my Bible this re- week, and uh, Ephesians 3, 14 through 21 is kind of a, this beautiful prayer that That Paul gives in the middle of Ephesians, and I think it really has a lot of application to us, so I wanted to share it today as we close service. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power forever and ever. Amen. Have a great week.